You're about to listen to an interview for EWS. Intending to provide educational information from various domains in psychology, physical exercise or motor learning, an experienced professional joins in a conversation with our founder, assisting EWS mission of building a mindset and methodology that can optimize both sport performance and mental health. Hope you enjoy and for that, I leave you with your host, Gonçalo Marques. Today, for this EWS expert interview, I will go into a 30-minute conversation talking about how to sustain motivation and how to be properly engaged with your sports practice in this hard period of COVID-19 that we all hope it's about to end, and we'll go through the management of expectations around that for the return into the trainings and the competitions and address some other forms of creativity that athletes can have in training. And for that, I'm thrilled to receive a prominent sports psychologist and mental coach from the USA. He is a former baseball player and a passionate sportsman overall. He got extremely involved with this psychology area in its early days, with the sound intent of studying what could help athletes improve their performance in multifaceted ways. Wait, just a useful reminder. We know you're investing precious time here, so you can also efficiently work your listening experience by checking the timestamps at the end of this episode show notes. You can click over them to jump directly to the pieces that you find most interesting to your needs and wishes. As for my wish, your review and subscription to EWS Podcast. By doing so, we will be able to offer the listeners more quality content regularly to improve the mental game in sports and work. Until you decide on that, keep enjoying this. This is attained by identifying and overcoming some mental blocks that could always get in the way of any person that want to achieve high or in any process of learning. Likewise, in this process, he assists athletes and coaches to arrange more functional mindsets and methods to facilitate a more effective and efficient training in the respective sports. He is a number one international best-selling author, speaker and consultant that worked with Fortune 500 companies, organizations, as well as other teams, coaches and athletes at the Olympic level and many major leagues you can imagine. NHL, the NFL, in the PGA Tour, MLB and even in the UFC. He practices what he teaches by being nowadays a long-distance runner and avid three-athlete. So this being a man that developed close relationships with champions, medalists and hundreds of college-drafted players, I think I would certainly pick him as a first draft to help anyone to optimize his sports performance. I've already got in contact with some of his speeches and blog posts at his website, the link will be in the description, and it's my opinion that he stands out not only by his energetic and empowering stance, as well as the engaging educational content he transmits, but especially because this isn't only hype motivation he tries to instill. He provides systems, and not mere speeches. So as for his works, he deserved a more extensive bio for sure. And me, without a better ability to condense this well-accomplished CV, I'm just thrilled to dive into a conversation with the creator of the Mental Performance Mastery course, 
and deliver you content that indeed serves to efficiently work your sports practice. So I'm honored to welcome Brian Kane. Uh, thanks for having me, man. I'm fired up to be here and we got good news. I had a call come in. I just got a text message as we were doing that, that we've got an extra 15 minutes. So we've got a little bit more time than I thought we were going to have. If you'd keep me, I've got uh, about you know 40 minutes instead of the 20 or so that I thought we were going to have. So I got more time, which is exciting. Yeah, for me too. Fired up, fired up to be here, man. Let's rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, the energetic part always coming in. I love that. So let's start by talking about uh, your way into sports psychologies. I, I heard you saying that you were a baseball player and then entering in the college world, your level were lower than in the high school world. Yeah, so I had a had a lot of success in high school. Yeah, I, well, you know, I had a lot of success in high school and I think it would was because it'd be like being the best ice hockey player in Portugal. How much ice hockey do you guys play in Portugal? No, no. Not much, Zero. right? So if you're the best ice hockey player in Portugal and then you go to Canada, guess what? You're not going to be like very good compared to the competition. So, you know, that was me growing up. I grew up in a small town in Massachusetts. I was a three-sport athlete playing American football, basketball, and baseball. And I got a scholarship to go play at the University of Vermont. And when I got there, for the first time in my life, the talent level was about equal. And instead of me being on the higher end of the talent level, I was probably on the lower end. And I had enough to be successful if I had the right mental focus. And I didn't have the right mental focus. What I mean by that was it's not like I was into drugs and alcohol and skipping practice and being late. It was, I focused on the outcome instead of the process. It would be like you as a golfer wanting to want, focusing on shooting 65 instead of focusing on shooting this shot. And every shot that you took, it was the first shot of the day. Every shot that you took was life and death. And when it's life and death, every shot or every pitch in baseball, or every touch in soccer, if it's life and death, you're going to die a lot. And I put so much pressure on myself and a certain amount of pressure is good. Right? A certain amount of pressure turns a piece of coal into a diamond. Too much pressure and the coal gets crushed. Too much pressure, like a fire. If you have a fire, it can heat you a meal. It can heat your house. It can keep you warm when it's cold. You got too much fire. It's going to burn your meal. It's going to burn your house down. And it's going to burn you. And that's what happened to me was when I got to college, I put too much pressure on myself. I focused too much on things I could not control. I did not even have a clue about what process was. Everything was about the outcome. It was life and death. So I died a lot. And I just became miserable mentally. And I trained wrong. Like if you think about a baseball player, you need to train like a sprinter, right? A sprinter is going to train, you know, type two muscle fiber, fast twitch muscle fiber, explosive plyometric. I trained like a distance runner. Uh -huh. I was long, slow distance because I didn't have any direction when it came to that training. So I went from throwing 88 as an 18 year old kid to throwing 82 miles an hour as a 20 year old because I got worse because I trained wrong. And I'm here to share with your listeners that if you can work, like people say, oh, if you work hard, you're going to be successful. That couldn't be further from the truth. If you work hard at the wrong things, you go further from where you want to be really fast. And that was me. I had, I had an insane work ethic. I had drive, but I was focused on the, doing the wrong type of training. So what happened? I got worse faster. So what happened? I worked harder. So I got worse even faster. Now I was in a bad negative spiral. Yeah, you got drained there. Yeah, to the point where I got injured. And then I said, okay, well, my career is over. I'm injured. You know, now what? 
And I said, well, why don't I go find out what I should have done? And I went on this journey to find out what I should have done. And I came across a book and I'm here to share with you that one book, one podcast, one day can completely change the trajectory of your life. And for me, that one book was Heads Up Baseball by Ken Revisa. I wrote the book, I read the book, sent him an email as the author, because if you don't ask, the answer is always no. And I said, hey, do you have a master's in this that I can come study under you and learn? Next thing you know, I'm going from Vermont across the United States of America to California. And I'm studying under this guy, Ken Revisa. I'm a grad assistant baseball coach, which I thought is what I wanted to do. And as I was there in the two-year degree program, I realized I didn't want to coach baseball. I wanted to coach people. And in wanting to coach people, I felt like mental performance mastery, sports psychology was my calling because it's one, what I was passionate about. Two, it's also what I needed and never got. And I realized that I wasn't the only one, that there was a lot of athletes who, when they get to a certain level of ability, it becomes a mental game where the ability evens itself out. And if you're not training yourself mentally, you're just not going to maximize your potential and you're not giving yourself the best chance to win. So that's the mission I went on to try to figure out what I should have done and should have known. And it took me to finding the best guy in the history of the world in Ken Revisa and studying with him for two years. And then now that's now with what I teach every day, it's what we're talking about on this podcast. So I'm just eternally grateful for him and his guidance and the opportunity to study under him. Yeah. This mention, Ken Revisa, it's very close to my heart also. And uh, we at EWS also produced an episode, episode number 12, referencing your blog post, KR Ken Revisa 70, the 70 lessons he left you and yes it's a very great man that not only focused on arranging the ways and moving the science forward to help improve performance at the sports level but as you touched there it's amazing on the personal level on coaching people more broadly and that's amazing and you also mentioned there uh, the mission part it's also like you transformed in a way of having a passion uh, not only for baseball but sports more in general and what can gear up people to perform better and have a passion that don't lead them as a led you draining up and performing worse but being with energy doing that as with joy with play and not uh, as work kind of right so what's what's in it for you that sticks that in that mission part instead of work how do you cultivate that yeah yeah you know you talk about four four steps of commitment and i think if we're looking at the four stages of commitment that we go through stage one is like i go to a job stage two is i go to work stage three is i have a career stage four is i'm living a mission And I, my goal for people listening to this is that they tap into what their mission is and they're able to live that mission. Because when you're living in alignment with your mission, motivation is not a problem. Work ethic isn't a problem. Like the hard part is turning it off and doing something else because you found what you want to do with your life. And, you know, the, the, I've had times where like, like being a high school teacher, was was a career being a high school athletic director was a career there were times where it was a mission but the mission has always been for me and i have it written down it's on paper it's very clear to me educate empower energize other people to be their best that's what i want in my gravestone and when we identify a mission to me mission is 
in every in, in you know if I go into five different corporations or five different gyms or five different you know educational institutions, they're going to flip flop mission and vision and how they use them. So let me first explain how I use mission and vision. Mission is what's what is it you want on your gravestone? What is the why behind what you're doing? Vision is what do you want on your resume? What are you trying to get done? So when I say I want to educate, empower, energize other people to be their best, mission. When I say I want to certify 500 coaches a year, average, with my mental performance mastery coaches certification course, over 20 years, 500 coaches a year certified, over 20 years is 10,000 coaches. And if each of those 10,000 coaches touches 1,000 lives over the course of their coaching career, together we've impacted 10 million lives which would be fantastic. To me, that's part of the vision. So the mission is educate, empower, energize other people to be their best. Mm -hmm. And it's why I was so excited when you asked me to be a part of your podcast, because I know that by being a part of this podcast with you, I get the opportunity to educate, empower, energize other people to be their best. And I can share some of the strategies and things I've learned from Ken Revisa and things that have been beneficial for me about living your mission and identifying your mission. And I think a mistake that we make as people is we wait until our mission catches us instead of us writing down a mission. So the exercise I take people through is saying, wherever, wherever you're at, I want you to imagine, let's say you're an athlete listening to this or you're a coach listening to this. I want you to imagine that you're at the end of your season. And at the end of your season, there's a banquet and that banquet is in your honor. And all of your friends, all your family, all your coaches and teammates, everybody's at this banquet. And, you know, after a meal of what in the States, we would have probably some kind of salad that became soggy from the salad dressing and some sort of grilled chicken or something, right? I don't know what they would have in Portugal, but we'd have a salad and chicken. And then after that meal, you know, someone, someone would get up and talk about you and they would talk about your work ethic and they would talk about your character and they would talk about the type of person you were, the type of teammate you were. And I say, well, what would you want them to say about you? And then they start writing. And then I'll say, okay, well, stand up and share with people what you wrote. And then now go back and rewrite it, but try to get it to a sentence and then try to keep that sentence under 10 words. And then that's kind of the process that I often take people through when trying to identify their mission. Yeah. And that stands out from the accomplishments people can gain from their career. And this leads people on a personal journey, as you said. And um, many times people think about outperforming others to win, have a thirst to win and bringing their A-game all the time. And as Ken Revisa told us, maybe we cannot get our A-game all day, all practice long, and we can focus on bringing 100% of 60% that we, we can have on practice. And uh, it's like a stretch on this mentality of wanting to win and I'm not invalidating that because that can energize oneself to perform at the highest level but um, I think we both know this can have some menaces or risks associated with that can you go through some of these sure I think when you know Ken Revisa used to always say he'd say hey if you want to win every game if you want to go undefeated here's what we're going to do we're going to drop out of, we're going to drop out of this pro league we're going to go play 12 year olds we're going to play 12 year olds we're going to win all the time we'll go undefeated we'll blow them out we'll run rule them every game but that's not what we're about as competitors so when people say I want to win go play the go play against kids half your age you'll win But the goal is I want to compete against the best in the world. I want to compete at the highest level and I want to win. Well, then 
that's a different story, right? And I think when you're looking at being a competitor and a competitor who's pushing the limits to be the best you can be, to compete at the highest level, you're not going to feel good every day. And what you, what he would say is like, are you that bad of a competitor that you have to feel good to play well? No. Okay. So if you have 70%, don't focus on the 30% you don't have, focus on the 70% you do have and go to battle giving all that you have of that 70% because that might be enough on that day. Because why would we think that the comp competition or the opposition has everything together? No one does, you know? And then he, one line he would say all the time is he would say, have a good shitty day mm -hmm. and having a good shitty day or having a good bad day is like, however you, whatever you got that day, bring the best of what you got to what you do and live with the result because there's nothing else you can do. And if you start focusing on what you don't have, then you're just missing out on simply giving what you do have. Well, what you just heard was something probably easy to understand. But to assimilate this or put it into practice is a harder task for sure. At EWS, we aim to translate the theory and mental principles into practice the best way possible. But it all comes down to you. Take a moment to really reflect. Is this good for me? What can I do today to implement it? Again, the keyword practice. How can you translate this into practice? Practice it and go ahead. Keep enjoying the process of efficiently working sports. And frustration there coming in and uh, sadness, perhaps, anger, that is not uh, catalyzing what we want for our performance, right? Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, he would always also say too that, you know, emotion clouds reality. And there's, you know, you take a coin, okay? If we take a coin, I'll, I'll grab this coaster. Let's imagine this is a coin. If I take this coin, there's heads, there's tails, but there's a third side called the rim. And I could balance this up here on the rim, right? I could balance it like this. And I think that what that is, is that's neutral. And there's negative, there's positive, there's neutral. And when you're talking about athletics and competition, when the talent level is similar, most of the time, you know, it's going to be 50-50 in terms of whether you win or you lose. 50-50 in terms of the competition level when it's the same. So you're going to get, you're going to lose as many plays as you win, right? You're going to, your opponent, if you're playing golf, your opponent's going to hit as many good shots as you do. Probably going to hit as many bad shots as you do. So it's like, what's the difference is so mini school, but to maximize on that mini school, to maximize on that slight edge, we have to stay neutral, not get too high not get too low, stay neutral. And neutral is in control of yourself. And you have to be in control of yourself before you can control your performance. So how do you get control of yourself? You have a routine, you check in on, on the voice inside of your head and what you're saying to yourself. You position your body language a certain way. You breathe at certain times during your sport to be able to just stay present. You have a process and you're focused on being as productive as you can that day with what you have. I call it the three P's of elite performance. Stay in the present, focus on your process, which means you have to have one if you're going to focus on it. And then two is be productive. And what does it mean to be productive? Give the best of what you have that day to what you're doing. Yeah. Just stopping you there because I love a quote that I heard you say, breathing is the process that will bring them to the present moment where they can be the most productive. 
Yeah. Absolutely. And productive, productive is doing the best you can with what you have. Productive isn't always getting the result. I mean, sometimes productive is you lose and you learn from it. And an athlete like George St. Pierre, who was a UFC world champion, would say the best thing that ever happened to him was losing a fight to Matt Sarah because he learned the value of preparation. He learned the value of process. So in life, there's not winners and losers. There's winners and learners. And as long as you're learning, you're going to continue to evolve and grow and get better. So true. So true. And many people don't see it, it as true. And grabbing from what you've said before, a person can lose, but it can be a success. It can be a success if he brought the 100% of what was capable of him. And for sure, if we want to compete at the highest level, we always have to be, uh, in order to evolve our capabilities, we have to be on that zone of proximal development, as some psychologists say, Love or in the, in the zone. If, to be in the zone, we have to have the challenge level uh, matched with our maximum capabilities if we have too low we cannot develop if we have too high of a challenge we get stressed out and not uh, availing the situations uh, as best as we can be in order to learn again that's the key word yeah it's well said you know they call it like the four the four percent range right like that four percent challenge like mate if i'm if i'm a runner and i run 10 miles And someone says, I know my, my max is running 10 miles. And someone says, Hey, you gotta go run a hundred. They're going to go, no shot. If someone says, Hey, just go run one. They're like, that's easy. But if they were to say, Hey, I want you to go run 14, that would be like a good stretch goal, you know, in terms of them getting to where they want to go. Now that doesn't mean they can't run a hundred miles. because you're talking to the guy who could not run three miles in no, in June of 2016. And then in June of 2019, literally did an ultra marathon, 100 miles in 29 and a half hours. So I'm living proof to, from 240 to 180, losing a quarter of a human being to say that small, slow, daily process-driven behaviors and decisions create who you become. And that goes in both ways. But only typically successful people will tell you that because those who are not successful will come up with some type of excuse as to why they're not successful instead of taking extreme ownership to say, no, I'm the way I am. I got to 240 pounds in low energy, couldn't move, felt like garbage because of my slow, small daily decisions over the course of five years. How did I go in the other direction? Small, slow daily decisions. They just happened to be better than the ones I was making. Yeah. And wrapping this up, that also transmits the idea of comparing yourself just to yourself. And uh, the only competition was you. Yeah, I, I couldn't say it. Yeah, I love that. The competition is you, right? And, and this isn't like some positive motivational speaker talk. Mm. This is reality. The reality is, are you better today than you were yesterday? And are you going to be better tomorrow than you were today? And the, uh, one of the top coaches in the history of the United States, a guy named Augie Garrido, he was a college baseball coach, Cal State Fullerton, University of Texas. He won the national championship, number one team in the country, five times over four decades, 1979, in 2002 and 2005 at Texas. So four decades, five national championships. And Augie Greedo would always say this. He'd mm. say, you play against yourself in the game. You never play against the other team. The other team is a nameless and faceless opponent. 
It's up for you to go out and play against yourself, meaning play your best you're capable of playing and play against the game, meaning play the game the way it's supposed to be played, as hard as it's supposed to be played and playing it the same way all the time. He says, and if you do that, you give yourself the best chance for success. And that simple approach focused on the process of you are the competition led him to being the winningest NCAA coach of all time and five national championships over four decades. Really, really impressive. Yeah. And I heard him speaking on the YouTube channel, What Drives Winning. I don't know if you know about that, but they transmit a lot of good principles, mental principles and stories from those coaches in there in the USA and colleges. I love that. Uh, it got me to tears, some stories that they transmit there. And Dog Igorido, indeed, great man, great, great coach. Yeah, and he's got a book called Life is Yours to Win, one of, one of my favorite books of all time. It's really, really good, especially if you're into the mental aspect of sport and sports psychology. This is a guy who won at the highest level and did it largely through working on the hearts and the minds of his athletes. Very similar to John Wooden, the basketball coach at UCLA. Yeah, I've referenced him on several episodes already also. We are on the same page. And let's jump to another situation, the one that we are facing with the COVID-19 pandemic. We are at home. Many got less motivated, some more demoralized by not being with their teammates in training. Competitions are stopped. But as I am also uh, always hammering in, this is not a complete stoppage. We can train at home several ways. It's opportunity to look inside, look at ways we can train creatively. And um, do you have some suggestions on how one can get better? Yeah, have discipline, be accountable, make no excuses. This isn't an off season. This isn't a vacation. This is an opportunity for you to take a look at yourself and see how bad you really want it. COVID-19 isn't a wall to keep you out from where you want to go. It's simply a wall to see how bad you really want it. And what I mean by that is mm -hmm. this is an opportunity. There's going to be athletes when this Corona season and COVID-19 is over that are saying that was the best thing that ever happened to me because they became more disciplined, they became more accountable, they had the time to invest in themselves and press pause on the treadmill they were running on of life and clean up their nutrition, invest into their sleep, maximize their routines and their mindset so that when they come back, they're not as distracted with all just the BS of life, but they're really focused on what they want and what they're going to do to go get it. And that may be a harsh approach for the, for the person who's just lost their season, but well, you know what? The next time your season comes back, be that much more committed, be that much more dedicated and be more committed and dedicated and disciplined and accountable than you ever would have been had you not had this opportunity of COVID-19. And a lot of people are playing the victim role right now. And you got to be the victor. And the victor wakes up every day with a game plan as to what they're going to do to invest in themselves so they can be better today than they were yesterday and better tomorrow than they are today. Right? You don't need a gym to work out. Grab a garbage can and do burpees until you're throwing up in the garbage can. That's, a, that's the workout. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm being somewhat jokingly there, but mm -hmm. you, you can do burpees in, in you know, most showers, most bathrooms. Like You can do burpees anywhere. And if you do burpees, that's about as good of a workout as you're going to get. So what do you really need? I think that's what Corona has done is taught us, what is it that we really need? And the one thing mm -hmm. that we do need, all of us as human beings, I think we need connection. And with connection, 
it's a unique time to be able to connect with people, but not in person. Like I can't remember the last time I gave someone a hug other than my wife. I can't remember the last time I shook someone's hand. So it's, it's very unique situation. So the next time you're able to give someone a hug, hold it longer. The next time you're able to shake someone's hand, look them in the eye. And with connection right now, you know, you don't know when the season is going to come back. And typically with a season as an athlete, we have a thing called the championship at the end of the season and championships are scheduled. We know that February 20th, 2022 is the end of the next winter Olympics. We know that. So if I'm competing for that winter Olympics, I know I've got 650 days until February 20th, 2022 to get myself going. And then it, then I go in another direction. Well, for the athletes right now, make that finish line of your championship May. What are you doing in the month of May? For me personally, it's ride my bike 20 miles every day. It's do the Murph workout and CrossFit every Monday. In April, I had a 10-day season where I ran 10 miles a day for 10 straight days. It was difficult. It was challenging. It was a good stretch goal for me. You know, I had a, a goal to write a book over the course of, of 90 days, you know, and you just create challenges for yourself. Get creative about what you can do and stop focusing on the things that you can't do. And again, don't make excuses for yourself. It may not be the ideal situation unless you make it the ideal situation because you're focused on what you can do in the situation that you're in. It goes back to what we started talking about with Ken Revis's thing of, are you that bad that you have to have 100% and feel good to play well? No but you're focused on right now in life, right? This is a concept we're taking from athletics and applying it to life, is we're focused on the 50% I don't have instead of the 50% I do have. And everyone wants to talk about the power of having an attitude of gratitude. Well, you know it's easy to have an attitude of gratitude when you're getting what you want. Have the attitude of gratitude when you're not getting what you want and watch how powerful it is. So right now is a test. Right now is a challenge. And are you answering the bell? Because you're going to do one of three things, man. You're going to step down, you're going to step aside, or you're going to step up. And what we need right now is we need you to step up and invest in yourself to become the best version of you doing what you can with what you have. And the place to start is tonight, plan out how you're going to win the day tomorrow with whatever it is. That may be waking up on time. Plan out how you're going to win the day tomorrow and then win the day and win the day and win the day, and win the day, and just keep stacking wins on top of each other by competing with yourself. Because when you compete with yourself and you have the discipline and the accountability and the no excuses mentality that you're going to do what you need to do within the confines of what you can do, that's when you become mentally tough. Man, so good. Yeah. It can be a tendency of stepping aside because the ideal conditions aren't there, but make the most of it. Maximize the opportunity that is uh, in front of our eyes and this might seem a little bit off to say where is the opportunity here i'm not on the field but yeah, yeah creatively get up and uh, do things that are congruent with your path that get you in track and uh, there you go you can maximize and stand out when you come back to the competition And if you write this word down, do you have a piece of paper and pencil with you? If you write down, if you write down the word, all right, and I put this out on social media a while ago, but I'll come back to it, is if you take the word and you write down opportunity, put this all together, opportunity is nowhere. So it's 
O-P-P-O-R-T-U-N-I-T-Y-I-S-N-O-W-H-E-R-E. It says opportunity is nowhere. But if you look at it, it also says opportunity is now here. So you either see opportunity is nowhere or you see opportunity is now here. It is a choice. So good. It is in your hands. It is up to you. Did you know that in just 8 seconds you can effortlessly help both EWS growth and homeless people? That's right. For that, just leave a review for our podcast in Podchaser and 25 cents are automatically donated to Meals on Wheels, an association that directly supports senior people in isolation and with hunger. Check that out on the show notes and keep enjoying this episode. Man, and let me stop there because I wanted to bring up uh, an episode of Success Hotline that I've heard from you. Yeah, I started to listen to some of these uh, with, by R- Rob uh, Gilbert. Yes. And uh, in one of them, he touches right on that spot. Uh, he says, everything you need is already inside you. And uh, I can enter and debate on this uh, in several ways. But one thing that I... Okay, let's give a little context because one can say that he's not able to develop in this phase. He don't believe he can improve because he's not in the field. He he can say that never seen a thing like this. So there is no opportunity. There is no way I can develop my skill on this, on that, whatever. And... uh, between brackets, let's put it, there's several and many things on scientific research uh, about movement, about uh, proprioception, many things that we can tweak, not having the soccer ball on our feet, but we can improve our soccer game. But going ahead with that, one person uh, may reach that negative conclusion of... I've never seen a way of improving, so why should I be investing it? Why should I try to develop it? But you don't see it until you develop it. Once you start it, you can look and gather some more information. Yeah, and I think that's it's, it's really hard to read the label when you're inside the jar, right? And if you just press pause and you step outside of the jar, right? It's like, I thought I call it fly your internal drone, right? So if I have a drone that I send up in the air or camera and it's watching me and then I get to watch that film, I get to see how, what I do on a daily basis, right? It's where I get to see how I behave, how I handle adversity, how I respond to things that maybe I'm not necessarily in agreement with mm-hmm. and how I respond to those things says a lot about who I am and my true character and my mental toughness. So I can be the one who's looking for the problem or I can be the one who's looking for the solution. And what, what coronavirus and Corona season has done is identified people who are looking at problems or looking at solutions. And again, it is relevant to the context that you're in. Do you need a soccer field to go become a better player or can you do it with a soccer ball in a wall or your yard or a room and juggling and all those things that you can do, right? So what is it you really need to work on your game? Can you become a better soccer player without a soccer ball? Of course you can. You invest in your fitness. Of course you can. You understand and learn about the game by watching things on YouTube or soccer instruction videos, things like that. Of course you can. 
you tap into why you're playing and working on your mindset. And if you're looking for a, for a program to become a better athlete, I just came out with a 30 days to mental performance mastery athletes program. If you go to briancane.com and click on athletes, it's designed for you to be able to develop the same mental performance strategies that Augie Greedo was using or Ken Revisa was using, or these great athletes like a George St. Pierre that I've, excuse me, had the pleasure to work with things that they're doing. You can get these now in the next 30 days. So if you were to do that as an athlete, you're going to come out of the next 30 days better than you were when you went in. If you learn the strategies and then implement the strategies, you're going to become the best version of you. And everybody For wants sure. more, right? Everyone wants more. They want more goals. They want more money. They want more this. They want more that. They want more muscle, whatever it is. Everybody wants more. The key to getting more is becoming more. So if you want more, you got to become more. And it doesn't take a lot for you to become more other than just effort and energy, man. I mean, invest into yourself. Stop playing the victim. Stop being, start being the victor. Stop thinking that this is happening to you and imagine mm -hmm. that this is mm -hmm. happening for mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. And it's allowing and you an opportunity to take a different path, to think about a perspective, to check in on what you really need and to see how bad it is you really want what you thought you wanted. Do you want it when it's convenient? Or do you want it when it's dark, when it's cold, when it's wet, when it's rainy? And we talk about Navy SEALs and some of my friends who are Navy SEALs, they say, hey, anyone can be a Navy SEAL when it's 85 and sunny and we're not at war. But that's not when we need Navy SEALs. We need Navy SEALs, which are special operations warriors in the, in the United States Navy. We need Navy SEALs when it's dark, when it's cold, when it's wet, when it's rainy, when there's bad things happen in the world and that crack that you hear isn't thunder or lightning, it's bullets being shot your way because someone wants you dead. That's when we need Navy SEALs. And right now, what we need is we need to take some principles from Navy SEAL mindset and apply it to all of our lives of what we're doing. One of which is the only easy day was yesterday. So embrace this because it's going to get harder as we move forward, but you can make it easier by sharpening your focus. Another one is don't feel sorry for yourself. And how do you stop feeling sorry for yourself? You create a plan, you get productive, and you make the most of what you can in the situation that you're in. And the other one is this. The third principle I would take from SEAL community that applies to all of us right now is this. You do not rise to the occasion. You sink to your training and habits. So when coronavirus is gone and the season starts again, you are not going to all of a sudden rise to this occasion because now we're back out on the soccer field you're going to sink to your training and habits. And your training and habits do not take a day off. The only easy day was yesterday. The most important day of your life is today. Why? Because you're living it. So do the best you can with what you have in the situation that you're in. Man, so much that I couldn't even imagine putting it in better words than those. And But wrapping this up, it's that... Henry Ford's wisdom, whether you think you can or whether you don't, you're both right. If, we, if you see this situation, this odd situation where we are confined at home, uh, yeah, you surely can gather evidence on why you couldn't do it or why you cannot develop in the same way, but get creative. Mm -hmm. This is indeed an opportunity to master and develop uh, some mental skills. You reminded, my, you reminded me of one of my favorite stories. Go and, my ahead. Favorite, and, and that favorite story is exactly what you just said. And it goes back to the, to the old, old days where there was a wise man in this town. And the wise man was getting older and the people said, wise man, I want you to take everything you know and put it down in a book. So the wise man wrote these books, came out 10 volumes of books. 
and he brought it to the people, you know, the, the people who were asking him, like the owners of the city were saying, Hey, wise man, write these books. So the people have all this information they need to know. So he wrote 10, 10 books and the, and the, the owners of the city said, wise man, that's too many condense it down to one. People won't read 10 books. So he condensed it down to one. Here's everything people need to know. The wisdom of the ages. And he said, wise man, people won't read a full book. Just make it a chapter. So he took the book and he condensed it down to a chapter. Here's everything people need to know to be successful. They came back to him. They said, wise man, turn that chapter into a page, into a paragraph, into a sentence. And the sentence was this. You're going to find what you're looking for. So if you're looking for a reason why you can't, you'll find it. If you're looking for a reason of why you can, you'll find it. You're going to find what you're looking for. So you got to get clear on what you're looking for. Start to develop the accountability and the discipline and the responsibility and eliminate the excuses to go find what you're looking for. Do what you can with what you have in the situation you're in. Really big, so good. We touched on many potential skills anyone can develop. People can know more about you and your 10 pillars for mental performance mastery on your website. And before we end and reference more of that, what do you consider as the most essential thing to efficiently work sports practice? Your mindset. And probably if I had to boil it down into one sentence, it would be control what you can control, let go of the things that you can't. Mm -hmm. That's probably what I would boil down to. And that's, you know, that's one of many strategies that I share in the 30 day to mental performance mastery for athletes program. It's one of many things I talk a lot about on uh, Instagram, Brian Kane peak or Twitter, Brian Kane peak around my website and the articles I put out, try to do one a week at briankane.com. But most of, most of the conversations that I have with the athletes I work with one-on-one, -on -one, whether it's in person or over zoom from all over the world is a lot of their frustration Mm -hmm. comes back to a lot of their performance block comes back to focusing on things they can't control. Once they remove mm -hmm. that and they shift their focus to what they can control, they give themselves the best chance for success. And it's funny that we're talking about this now to close because this is exactly how we opened up the conversation today, which was as an athlete, I failed because I focused on all the things I could not control and figured out too late in my career, the things that I actually could control. And once I chose to focus on those, I had more success. It was just too little too late. So I made it my mission to try to bring that to other people so they don't make that same mistake. Hey you, athlete, student, or worker of some kind. We want to know real cases. So tell us, from what you've heard, what have you been missing out? What is one idea that popped into your mind while listening? Feel free to share in the comments so we can assist you further. See ya! It's really a maxim and we also hammer that and people often hear it as uh, a cliche also and very simple, but it's not easy to implement. It's not easy to discover what is making us focus on those uncontrollable things, on managing our difficult emotions and that do not propel us into growth as we were talking. So yes, those places and also your podcast that I've heard already also, it's very good to get familiarized with this. So people can reach into that and listen to EWS podcast also. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you having me. It's been a lot of fun and, and let's, you know, stay, keep the conversation moving forward. And if I can ever come back and be anything, be of any service for you and your, and your you know, listeners, I would love to do that. So thank you for having me. Great. Thank you, Brian. See you soon. Thank you for listening to this EWS interview. 
To see more, go to ewsport.eu. If you want to open up a discussion about some topic address, reach out by commenting below or leave a message at ewsport.eu. Hope you enjoyed. See you on the next one.